Welcome to the LinkedIn Lounge Podcast Season 2. There are many buzzwords that are floating around LinkedIn, talking about workplace culture, work-life balance, quiet quitting, quiet firing, the great resignation, and we're here to dive in and talk about what it is employees want and how employers are trying to meet their employees where they're at. So don't multitask while you listen to this. Sit down, get focused, and put in those earbuds. Let's get started. Welcome to the LinkedIn Lounge Podcast. Today we have with us Grant Dermay, and he is a manager of people and culture. Welcome to the show. Thanks for, for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you today. And I have to let our listeners know that I discovered you on LinkedIn because you have a lot of amazing content. So I just wanted to ask first, uh, what prompts you to share on LinkedIn? So... In the HR space, we're seeing uh, an evolution of what people in that role are really doing. It's less of a go to HR to mitigate risk and more go to HR to empower and see as like a partner with the business. So when I think about content that I want to share, I think about what are people in the HR space working on right now and some of the things that uh, need the support of a broader audience. So talking about things like work-life balance, talking about things like psychological safety, talking about things like workplace culture. Um, we're seeing a, a real evolution from where things were pre-2020 and kind of post-2020. So finding out what uh, a proper workplace should look like is is different. So I, when I think about what to post, that's kind of what I look for. Yeah, it's really great content. There's always lots of value in it. So I highly suggest everyone go and follow you or connect with you and see what you're sharing because I think there's a lot to learn from that. And I just have to ask, do you create the graphics yourself or do you have someone help you or are they just like pulled off from another resource? Because a lot of them are really, really good. Yeah, so it's a, a little column A, a little column B. Um, I'm not the the best graphic designer, so if I if I see something that I enjoy, I make sure that the content is cited properly in the visual. Uh, there's been some that I that I've developed, but I I use simple tools like uh, a Canva or a Camtasia stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Well, nice job. I just wanted to compliment you on that. <laughs> Thank you. And along that same line, if you don't mind me asking, is your workplace supportive of your content? Like, do they encourage you to share on LinkedIn because of the work that you're doing within the company or are you personally just doing it for yourself? Yeah, so something that's really interesting is personal brand versus a, a company brand. And I've tried to keep them a bit separate because I can acknowledge a, a, a work system that I'm in may not have the capability to do some of the more modern approaches to work. So I, I like to share my content. I get people uh, that I work with that message me to talk more about it, but by no means is it one's informing the other. So I, I find that sharing the content, having the conversations, getting people talking and thinking about some of these topics is beneficial in and of itself. So anything that happens on top of that in my own workplace is, is kind of gravy. Nice. Great. Well, you mentioned a very important word uh, before. So I want to come back to that, which is culture. Yes. How would you define 
how would you define workplace culture? What exactly is that? Because everyone's talking about it. There has been a shift and there has been more importance put on it. I think we can all agree with that. But what exactly, what are we really talking about when we say that, when it comes to a work environment? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think when we talk about workplace culture, it's more than your mission, your values, your your goals, things like that, that you're going to see on a company website. It's what do you feel when you are working with these people for this company? How are you connecting with these people that you are working with? What are shared values on, from a personal perspective? And how is that kind of supported throughout the organization? So when I think of workplace culture, I think of what will somebody feel when they are working for this company and what are they going to experience by way of lack of a better term, like an extracurricular. So do they do volunteer work with specific specific groups? Do they donate to charities? That's all part of that employee value proposition that everybody's really looking to find like, why should I work for you? Um, so I think that's a great start for what culture is. <laughs> yeah. And you can really dive deep into that. And I think a question that often comes to my mind is an existing community will have a culture and how do we shape it as more people join that community? Because it takes just one person, you know, I feel like there's an expression I'm going to botch it because I always do about having like a bad apple ruins the whole, the whole yeah. group or something like that. Um, so it would just take one person to come in and really make that change. So how, how can you allow it to grow organically while also still maintaining the direction in which it is growing? It's so funny. And if you think about recruitment from five years ago, uh, a lot of the the wording was hire for fit, train for skill. And that's an old way to look at culture where the people that you bring in need to conform to the approaches and the vibe that a company has. But now we're seeing people staffing their team with people who don't think the same, who don't come from the same background because that diversity of opinion, diversity of experience is what's creating these successful companies. So when you think about where you want to push, push your culture and how you want to bring new people in that are going to foster the, the approach that you have, you need to think about, okay, what, what is important to these people? Where do they want their career to grow? How can you foster that? And how can you create a space where people are comfortable sharing uh, opinions, approaches, points of view that don't necessarily fit with the existing culture, but allow it to go that step forward? So seeing culture as something that's constantly growing, you need to feed it, you need to nurture it, and you need to acknowledge the fact that it, as things change with society as a whole, your work culture needs to evolve with that. So when I think about bringing new people into an organization to see how they are going to 
acclimatized to a culture. You want to make sure that they're still very much themselves, but are able to operate within the culture that you've created, not that they need to be assimilated within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love, I love what you just said right there. So on a practical standpoint here, how do you create opportunities of those spaces to openly share? Because I think it's something we often talk about, like create a space, create a space. But even when that space is there, depending on who shows up, some people might still have fear of actually honestly presenting themselves and openly giving their, you know, true, (laughs) their true opinion. So how do you make sure that that space is authentic um, and people aren't kind of like eye rolling being like, okay, I'm here because I'm supposed to, but I'm here because I actually know that what I have to say is going to be accepted and listened to, and then maybe actually have action be taken on it. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to fostering the the spaces where people feel comfortable to share, you have to look at who is in the position of power. It may not necessarily be the highest ranked person in the room. It could be somebody else. Uh, who has influence through tenure with the company, who's had some really big wins, who's seen as a leader in whatever field they're in, and creating a space where there's courage and vulnerability. So I find when companies have town halls and they open it up for questions at the end, you're going to get crickets until that first person starts. And you need to make sure that when you're creating this culture for everyone to contribute, that it's people in a position of influence are showing that that softer, that more vulnerable side saying this might be um, down the road of a risk or down the road of a mistake. But seeing that coming from one person, it gives the next person a little bit more courage. And then it'll give the next person a little bit more courage. You need to be consistent with this as well. It can't be one specific space where this vulnerability, this psychological safety is fostered and then everywhere else it isn't. It's It's got to be uniform. So exclusive of the people in the room, exclusive of the, the reason for the, the gathering, making sure that that respect for vulnerability, celebrating that is a great way to, to foster these positive cultures. Yeah, what I think is so interesting about these kinds of experiences is people are afraid to say something negative when actually it's the negative feedback that you want. Because if you're just going to go there and preach to the choir, then nothing's actually going to change and make a difference or move forward, right? So it's, you know, really encouraging to, you know, extract that, no, give us the constructive criticism, like we want to hear it, it's okay. And then exactly as you said, showing that, that it's okay to share those things that there's not going to be retribution afterwards and you're not going to lose your job. Yeah, it's right? like thanking people for, for sharing this. And then in, after they, they share the feedback, include them in the process for how you're implementing it, why you can't implement it. It's the idea of including people in the solution that they're trying to create is a great way to create a champion of the culture that you're really looking to to foster. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And especially in this post-pandemic 
world that we're living in right now, do you feel like this is more difficult to do with some people working remotely? Is it, would this be easier if people were in the office? Like, how do you make sure that this happens regardless of where you are? I've got a lot of opinions on uh, remote work. And the way that I see it is if your company culture is dependent on a physical location, you don't have a culture, you have an office and you need to justify the spend of that office by having people go in there to create connections, things like that. Um, to create and maintain your company culture in the new normal, in a hybrid work environment, it's it's kind of the same. And being able to use the tools that you have available to create more paths and more ways to collect feedback, more ways for communication. I know with a lot of tools like Zoom, like Slack, like Microsoft Teams, there's options to collect feedback anonymously. And while that's not ideal, it's a good start. So making sure that you have vehicles set up for collecting the feedback, if people are comfortable putting their name on it, cool. If they're not comfortable, okay. It's something to kind of look at and work on in the future. But connection in a, in a digital space is still as valuable as connections in person if you approach it the same way that you would an in-person connection kind of not feeling guarded not being worried or feeling like you have to present the the best version of yourself which a lot of people do by like staging their backgrounds I'm 100% guilty of that I set up this room based on the fact that there's going to be meetings in here um but with working in these hybrid remote environments you get more insights into to people because you you're in their space so you can find out what they value what's most important to them just kind of by seeing how they present themselves in this space and we wouldn't get that information in a an in-person sort of deal where everyone's dressed in your business casual and all that good stuff so i i think remote communication uplifts culture because it gives people the ability to be their authentic self and present themselves authentically a little bit more than they might be able to in an office. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So part of your role is collecting this feedback. Is that right? Yeah, it okay. sure is. So, <laughs> so what would you say, um, is the common thread right now that you're hearing that so um there is some some buzzwords right now like flexibility everyone wants flexibility in their job and as we were just saying and you were just highlighting here a lot of people want to remain remote okay they're they're questioning themselves what is the the real value of having an office space so apart from um and maybe the answer is flex flexibility but um, not just jumping to the conclusion, what are you seeing that people really want from their company that they work for? Like, okay, yes, I want flexibility, but maybe we could divide it into two categories. Like professionally, what are they looking for now compared to the past, right? Um, I think we can't, we can't ever, it's hard now to say, okay, it, the world is divided pre-2020, post-2020, right? Like that's just simply the way it is. So in these past two years now, what do people want professionally and what do they want personally? Because I think we could almost say 
you know, pre 2020, people weren't even really considering the personal aspect. Maybe that's a big, a big leap that I can't make. Correct me if I'm wrong in saying that. I, I would agree with you. I think the, what we've gone through the past couple of years has given everybody the opportunity to do a lot of reflection. So they're looking at how they're kind of managing their lives. They're looking at how they're working. They're, they're looking at what they want to do in the future. And now we're seeing that real push. So when I think about what people are looking for, there's a lot of generation specific data that's out there. Um, I've been reading a lot about how our Gen Z group are looking to move their careers forward and they want to create those connections and they're not convinced that that can be done digitally. So they're looking for uh, an in-office component where they can find their mentors, where they can figure out what they want to do. When we look at a, a millennial group, that's more um, what's the the value, what's the purpose, and you need to make sure that work is aligned with personal um, values because that's where that group is is seeing a lot of what they're looking for from a an organization. And then when you get into your Gen X and your Boomer groups they're looking for more stability. They've got their established families, they've got their established lives, and they want to make sure they can maintain that because generationally they had some different risks. So the the balancing act becomes how do we as people in a people and culture space create these spaces that are compatible with all of these different needs, all these different groups that has just been ingrained in them. So the flexibility is kind of the, the starting point for it and showing that, you know what, people can have preferences for work. You can prefer to work remotely. You can prefer to work in office. You can prefer a hybrid. And it's not a company's place to push that preference of one group on the whole because you're, you're going to find trouble getting people in the door. And I know a lot of companies are looking at their recruitment strategies right now and comparing that with their return to office plans that they kind of have going on right now and seeing where the gaps are and where they really need to flesh it out. So um, there's a, a much larger push on sourcing versus having candidates come in. And it's just reflective of people are putting themselves higher up on that priority list and not like I need a job. It's I need a job that makes sense for what I want to do. So it's it's becoming very interesting. And there's a lot of research that's going out. Um, I was just reading something, I believe it was Future Skills Canada. And they have a ton of data on the future of work and what that looks like. And I was reading specifically some stuff on the remote work. And we're finding that people are very pleased with being able to work remotely but that depending on where they are in their career, they want to go into the office to create those connections. And then when you look at marginalized groups, they typically are more comfortable at home because the nuances of a, an old system that just doesn't meet the needs of people as a whole, they're more comfortable removing themselves from some pieces that might be uncomfortable or 
potentially toxic depending on the the workplace but they still see that value in going in and creating those connections because there's a an assumption that if you're working remotely that's going to inhibit your career that kind of recency effect from a, a bias perspective so it's so nuanced and i can't wait to see more of what's coming out because we're just going to see more and more and more and then we'll be able to keep an eye on what companies what cultures what approaches are are making sense for people and how's that going to inform next year the year after so there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah would you say this time right now is probably the biggest generational gap that has ever existed or could you say that every 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 new generation there's this issue and we just have to approach it differently or would you say that there is a pretty big um chasm chasm is that the right word right now from gen z and baby boomers i i think the divide is more before technology and after technology and myself i'm a millennial i remember growing up not having a cell phone i remember growing up and being told come home when the lights turn on like the street lights and that's just not a thing anymore um parents are connected to their kids we've got social networking sites up the wazoo and they're still coming and it's really showing like the the newer generations are much more comfortable with technology because that's all they knew and that's what they grew up with so when we think about approaches like a work from anywhere your digital nomad sort of uh, approaches to work that's generally more adopted by your millennial your gen z maybe some of the younger gen x group but when you think of the brick and mortar stores brick and mortar offices that's something that the older generation is used to that's something that their work approaches have been molded based on that so absolutely fair that they want to go back to that piece but it's not fair to have that approach pushed on a generation that maybe doesn't need it or sees work in a different way so it's a a matter of bringing the ideas together and having a, a valuable conversation where there's merits to both approaches and how do you create a culture where both are okay i think we'll see this happen more and more as millennial gen z groups get older and move into more positions of power that are typically held by a gen x or a baby boomer employee mm-hmm. so i'm i think that it's five years will be pretty telling yeah yeah it's really interesting how we have you know we're like right on the verge of this and it's yeah. so, it's like just there we can taste it and we can see it but we're just not quite there yet so it's being patient <laughs> while being flexible and adaptable and adjusting to everything while it's happening which i think is very tangible and that might be unique in the sense because of world events so to wrap up this conversation grant um you were saying how working remotely actually is an opportunity to elevate your company culture so that being said how would you suggest that a company then communicates and shares that culture in the world for others to see it and be attracted to it 
Oh, that's tricky because you don't want to to put on a, a a show where you're saying like, look at all these things that we do, and it just needs to be that general approach. So I think oh, this is a good question. Uh, I think for companies to do this, it's it's in how your employees are talking about the company. Maybe not necessarily what your comms team is is pushing out, but where are those um, reviews coming from? You've got like a Glassdoor, super popular here in Canada, where you can go in and see how people are talking about a company. And through that word of mouth, I think you can really get a good understanding of where a culture is. So how do you empower your employees to feel comfortable talking about what it's like to work there and maybe showcasing some of the things that they really enjoy about working for that company. Because if the conversation feels less staged, feels less put on, and it's just you're you're having a, a conversation with somebody about the work. And if you're like doing work from a coffee shop or a shared office space, stuff like that, that's another opportunity to kind of share what your company culture looks like. and letting people know that this is a a great way to get your brand out there i think would only benefit these these new cultures that are emerging and giving more people the opportunity to talk about what they like and different sources of information for potential job seekers who may want to work for your company so it's about empowering the people doing the work not necessarily the message from the top yeah, you said it perfectly. Empower your employees. I'm all about that, right? Encourage them to be vocal about their experience. And I think Absolutely. many companies shy away from that because they know that it could be something possibly negative that's very then public. But again, as we mentioned before, that negative feedback could be one of the best things that you actually hear. So great. Thank you so much, Grant. Thank you for your insights and sharing your perspective and experience of people and culture in a very shifting and changing environment today. It was wonderful to chat with you. Likewise, Britta. Thanks so much for having me.